Hey, Linda Mariano here with Inspired. And today we're heading back to 2013 with a Triple J Hottest 100 Top 10 track in The Preachers, Is This How You Feel? Like a lot of this band's best work, this song, as soon as it starts, actually feels like an instant classic. And perhaps that's because this is a band that looks directly to classics for inspiration. Coming up, you'll hear how Prince, Dire Straits and The Cure all figured into their songwriting. This is The Preachers. Is this how you feel? And Izzy and Jack from The Preachers bopping along to that hit of theirs. Hello, welcome. Hello. Let's talk about where that song was originally born in your minds. Cast us back. In your mind. Uh, It wasn't born in the mind, it was born in the studio. It was born very much at um, our place in Hibernian. We were just jamming. Yeah, our rehearsal space slash recording space that we have in Sydney. I still remember when I heard this... I guess the bones of Is This How You Feel, which would be the bass and drums. And Luke and Tom had been... Uh, yeah, they something. used to do these days where they would get together, just the two of them, and kind of play stuff for a few hours together. And I think this was something that they had been doing as a sort of a joke, I guess. It was <laughs> It was just a joke. Why was it a joke? Oh, I think it's, it's somewhat taken a leaf out of this beat that... Was it The Cure? I can't remember. So, but yeah. I, I, I don't think it was ever intentionally, oh, intentionally yeah. derivative. It was just what something song that they close, close, close to me. Or close to me. Yeah. Close to me. Yeah. yeah. Which we, I guess, we never told anybody. But like, when I think about where it started, it was them taking the Mickey out of that mm. track because I think we'd been talking about it the day before or something, and they were just playing around with it. So I'd be pacing back and forth, making cups of tea and that sitting sort of stuff. Sitting in your office. Yeah, sitting, you said in my, you were, sitting at my desk. You said you were anxious. Why were you anxious at that point? I've always had high anxiety on the precipice of writing big songs. It's just energy, suspense. So when I heard what the band was doing, the groove was quite meditative. Mm. It kind of reached into my body and hooked the anxiety out so I had something to focus in on which at that point was a real saving grace because I needed that and then Jack was playing this riff on guitar that was just super cool the scale like thing it's like but I wanted it to be an ostinato that sort of felt like it was always like one foot ahead of the groove when we recorded I put this delay on it always feels like it's there's no one there's no like no down bit and I was immediately invested in it I was like this is this is great it was quite fast it was very different to anything that we'd been doing before that mm. and across the world at that point there was this uh, I guess it was the beginning of the ironic enjoyment of old pop music which is something that I think has been embraced more now these days that everything's kind of a bit more geared towards pop in general. There was a very clear division 
between underground and, and mainstream pop. And you had bands like Chairlift. Then Here We Go Magic. And what, what else? Metronomy. Um, and then we were listening to like Dire Straits. A lot of prints. There's this kind of sound that he was cornering around that um, Purple Rain period where he was fully owning the Lindrum thing where it was like really fat and smacky and kind of not good sounding but super sexy. And we were like, well, fidelity doesn't matter, so let's just make everything feel really cool. They're very economic. There's no space wasted. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing I loved about doing this song was we, we had nothing to lose. We had everything to prove and nothing to lose. That's probably why you were so anxious, you know. Then very, very quickly the chorus just happened. Yeah, I think I threw that chord change at it because it reminded me of um, Music Sounds Better With You. Yeah. Star, oh, Stardust, Music Sounds Better With You. I took yeah. those first two chords and then I added another two so that it wasn't like a complete wow. lift. Wow, okay. And that's where the chorus chord progression came from. What was the sentiment of the, is this how you feel? Like, what was the idea behind it? I still don't really know what the song's about. I've got no idea what it's about. All the lyrics in it were from different parts of my life up until then. Bright lights, feel alright. I'm gonna see her again tonight. I wrote a lot of poetry when I was a teenager. So I just went back and pilfered from myself, basically. Yeah, this amazing collection of big lacy hard drives with like mm. there's a little of me but I don't know where years of folders with word documents in them it was mm. quite amazing when I saw it for the first time I mean a lot of it's like pretty They're angsty fragments and stuff like I don't like my mum <laughs> that sort of sh- you know <laughs> yeah. that sort of stuff we've all got those yeah <laughs> I still remember this saying, I want to do a three-part harmony. I want to do a three-part harmony, just going wanna 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 That was well against my You and Tom just looked at me like what the Why didn't you want Izzy to do it? Uh I had this thing about not having more than we had. On the record. I think you just thought it sounded dumb. It sounded no. like a dumb idea. <laughs> I, well, maybe I did. I remember <laughs> we had loggerhead moments on this track, both Izzy and I, like most of the way through it, which is probably the reason why it is the way that it is because we basically waged war against one another through the making of it. But one of them was that this space had to be put into the track to get the one I want to bit in there. So I had to go and like find another take and edit it in there. And- <laughs> this point my eyes are like falling out of my head because I've been producing this yeah, thing. And I'm and sitting on the desk like, make it happen. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. That was what Izzy used to say to me. You still say it to me. It's a good thing to be reminded to just like 
get out of your head and get back into exploring. But there was this space I remember thinking like, we just had a solo. Like, what do you want to do this bit for? Just go to the chorus. It was it a fight enough to, to get the solo out of him. And you want to do a oh. three-part harmony. It's like there aren't three of you. It was just <laughs> all wrong in my brain. And then when I heard it and Izzy did it, I was like, okay, she's totally right. I am a big sucker. She just said yes. That was a genius move. The Preachers, is this how you feel? And look, if you feel like chucking on another inspired episode, there are so many for you to listen to, including the making of an award-winning song, Visions of a Life, the latest record from Wolf Alice, won the Mercury Music Prize for Best British Album, and Wolf Alice, the band out of London, spoke to me about the making of their song Beautifully Unconventional and who the girl Hannah is that they sing about in every single chorus. Well, at school I had a friend called Hannah and she's a kook. Yeah, she's got her own vibe, does Hannah. <laughs> yeah, so I told her I wrote the song before it came out. I called her. I wanted to sample her voice. She's got a very sweet voice and I yeah. wanted to sample it, so I called her and she was very confused, but anyway, we managed to take a tiny bit of it. Where's her voice? It like comes in after the first Hannah in the chorus. It's like, Hannah! And then she goes, Hello? <laughs> I'm Linda. I'll catch you next time.